Welcome to the Ask a Club Fitter podcast. Answering your questions on all things golf equipment and club fitting. Here's your host, hoping to help you play better golf. He's a PGA professional, founder of Tour Fit Golf, and has worked with some of the world's best players. Tom Davies. Hey, everyone. Welcome to the podcast. If this is your first time listening, uh, if it's not your first time listening, well, welcome back. Uh, I'm feeling really good this morning. Uh, I've had good sleep. I've had uh, probably about a litre of water. I've had a good espresso and some breakfast as well. So I'm hopefully going to be on fire with some of this information today. Um, before we get into the content today, I want to announce the winner of the competition, which I uh, told everyone about on the podcast a couple of weeks ago, uh, and also have announced many times on my uh, Instagram page, which is at Golf 59 So I'd done the draw this morning, and the winner of the draw was Morgan Griffiths. So well done, Morgan. If you send me the details of what you want, so you've got the choice of uh, an SM9 wedge in any finish, um, any loft, any bounce, any grind, whatever shaft you want, uh, whatever spec you want, and we'll also do some personalization if you want your name or uh, any of your children's names or anything on the pad- uh, on the wedge, really. Um, more than happy to um, to get that personalized because that's something that we can we can offer now, which is great. Um, so big well done to Morgan. Um, I will be doing more draws and more competitions in the future, so stay tuned. And um, yeah, perhaps we'll uh, we'll announce something uh, next uh, in the next podcast. Today's content is uh, has been created really through a session which I done last week. Uh, and there's two different types of uh, things that I'm going to talk about today. I'm going to talk about my experience using a sick arm lock putter. And I'm also going to talk about a question which was asked in the same session, actually. Um, now, what what actually happened is we was doing a um, uh, a putting session with one of my clients. And right at the end of the session, we were using a sick arm lock putter. And it was mainly because uh, this particular player was really struggling delivering loft. And um, they were adding loft to the putter as they were coming down in the uh, in the downswing. So there was a big, big change in loft. So what we actually done is not really from a fitting standpoint, but this is more to try and get her to feel that there was a lot of control uh, with the loft of the putter on the way down. Uh, I put together an arm lock putter because we've got the sick putters in the studio. Um, they're so easy to kind of put together. And even from a fitting standpoint, they're fantastic. Um, but I got her an arm lock putter. Obviously, you kind of wedge that grip into your uh, your lead forearm. Uh, there's there's a variety of different ways to, to use it. Um, and and it, it actually worked really, really nicely, to be fair. Uh, the, the feel for her wasn't very good because the these, these tend to have like seven degrees of loft on the putters. And um, it was uh, it was just quite, quite interesting where it, it, it all seemed to work. So... Uh, we created a few drills around um, around that that test, and I put like an alignment stick into the top of her gamer putter just so she could kind of like almost pin that under the left arm and really get that feel of control in the loft on the downswing. Um, but the reason why I'm talking about that is because obviously I put together the arm lock putter and uh, my quintic ball roll system was already on. The calibration for that putter had already been done, and when the player walked out the studio. Um, I had about a half hour break, so um, uploaded all of the stuff onto Coach Now, and then 
I thought, do you know what, I'm going to have a little go at this because I've never used an arm lock putter before and I've seen a lot of players using them with a lot of success. And um, I jumped on it, hit a few putts, and uh, the first few putts, uh, and for anybody who's not used a Quintic ball roll system, um, they're incredibly detailed system uh, for uh, analysing your putting. And uh, the numbers which come up, they're, they're almost colour-coded. So um, a red number is really bad. An amber number is um, a little bit better, but not good. A green number is exactly where you need to be. And then if you get a blue number, that's kind of what you would expect if you were to set up a robot perfectly to repeat that all the time. So uh, essentially, it would be uh, a blue number would be uh, absolutely spot on. So I've grabbed this putter, had a few putts, and first bunch of numbers that came up, all blues and greens. And I was like, oh my goodness. So normally my putt-in, uh, I've got a very good uh, pace control. So my acceleration number on Quintic is normally very good. Um, it's normally under 1.5. My face control is normally really good. However, when I'm looking at my numbers with my putter, on occasions my face rotation uh, probably gets up a little bit too high. So it probably gets into the 30s or 40s. Um, and this is the first thing that I noticed when I was using this arm lock putter is that the face rotation was absolutely spot on. So I, th- I think for a lot of them, uh, I can't remember off the top of my head, but I'm sure pretty much they were all under 20, which is a lot lower than what I normally get. Um, so for me, that was uh, that was really interesting where just locking that putter into my left arm uh, really reduced the face rotation. Um, the consistency of that as well over the course of six putts was really, really good. Uh, the range, uh, so the difference between the highest and the lowest, that was really, really good. Um, my face control was fantastic. My attack angle was also really, really um, consistent as well. And what I actually found is um, that was a, that's another number actually which can get off a little bit with me. I tend to get, um, when I lose my discipline, discipline with my stroke I tend to follow my uh, follow the ball with my eyes and I tend to lean back into my right side a little bit when I'm putting so it does change sometimes the uh, my attack angle where it tends to go uh, a little bit too positive um, and I launch it a little bit too high uh, but with this arm lock putter the the attack angle the face rotation everything was really really good and it really surprised me so I was kind of like well the only way to test this really is to take it on the golf course. And as it happened, I was due to play the next day. And um, the morning of uh, of the day I was due to play, which was last Friday, uh, I played a lo- another local golf course. And uh, I took both putters onto the green. Because, you know, I, d- I don't care how good somebody is at fitting or coaching. Um, it is different in a studio or on a range compared to when you're actually outside on a golf course and there's a bit of consequence on it. So, you know, I, I wasn't I wasn't going to stick the putter straight in my bag straight away. Um, I wanted to try it with some shorter putts, longer putts, and, and really have a good experiment with it. So I took it on the green and uh, it seemed pretty good. Um, I actually hold quite a few 10, 15 footers, which give me a lot of confidence. The short ones, uh, I was trying them around six feet. And on the putting green uh, where we are based in Ashburnham Golf Club, um, there's actually no flags in the in the chipping green. So um, the chipping green has got a lot of different undulations on it compared to the putting green, which is fairly flat. So I always do a little bit of putting practice on the chipping green, believe it or not. And uh, the short putts weren't a problem. And 
when I actually went on the golf course that afternoon, um, I decided to put the, the arm lock putter in the bag to give it a go. Um, it was, it was really interesting because all of a sudden then, uh, it just seemed to change. Like my feelings with that putter seemed to change because the, the consequence now all of a sudden is, is much, much higher. You know, um, you know, when you've got a six footer, which, you, know, you shouldn't really expect the whole a six footer, even the best players in the world. Their kind of um, percentage or the whole percentage from that is is around about sixty or seventy percent. It's not particularly high uh, or compared to what people would think anyway. Um, but it just started to change, and I, I started to feel a little bit more uncomfortable with the putter. Um, I experimented with a couple of different grips because I couldn't quite get my right hand on the putter where I wanted to. Um, and anyway, I, I used it and um, I didn't putt too bad, to be fair. I really didn't putt too bad. I didn't hold that many putts, um, but I certainly didn't miss any, which um, I thought I would expect to, um, or I thought I would hold. Um, I was fairly solid from short range. Um, I kind of felt that I, well, I didn't have many birdies that day, so I kind of felt that I didn't really roll any 10 to 15 footers in or, or even they didn't kind of uh, get close enough anyway and I probably struggled a little bit with pace control but one of the things I really struggled with was when I was on the on the on the green because these putters tend to have seven degrees aloft on them and how far forward I actually have to put my hands um, and actually push my hands forward um, that felt really odd so I, I think if I was going to try it again I'd probably need to reduce the loft a little bit so I could get my arms and the putter sitting a little bit more vertically um, I probably need to bring it down to about five degrees so I could bring that putter back a little bit and believe it or not right the ones that I really struggled with the most were actually the tap-ins um, and that, that's probably going to sound really weird and it's not that I thought I was going to miss them. It's actually just setting up to them. So like when you've got your hands that far forward with an arm lock putter, and especially when you're leaving the flag in as well, I almost felt like I was kind of <laughs> had to work around the flag a little bit. Um, and it, it just felt really peculiar because it's, it's not one of those that you can just go with one hand and just tap it in because these putters have got seven degrees aloft on them and you know they're going to launch bloody high if you do that. So you've really got to feel like you push your hands forward. So um so that that was quite odd, really. Um, but overall, it was quite a good experience. Uh, that would it, it definitely leave me in a position where I kind of want to test this a little bit more and perhaps dial it in a little bit more as well. Um, I used a pro head. If anybody's familiar with sick putters, then uh, they've got a bunch of different heads. Where um, the the pro head is more like a traditional kind of ping answer or Newport two kind of style. They've got their DW head as well. Um, which is almost like a uh, a longer version of an answer. So the back of the putter is a lot longer. Um, I actually really like that one, to be fair. And they've got a Flow and a Flow M, which are different size kind of mallet heads. Um, so I, I'm definitely going to do a little bit more testing with this and perhaps change the loft of the, of the putter a little bit more and just so I can feel a little bit more comfortable when I'm on the golf course because... You know, first and foremost, if I can feel more comfortable on the course when I'm playing, uh, putting, and I can know that I'm delivering better numbers, if those two things can kind of merge, then I, I really feel like I'll be I'll be a better putter for it. Um, 
So there's going to be more testing that I'm going to do. Uh, it's probably going to be more testing on the golf course because I know, you know, my numbers on Quintic are much better with an arm lock putter compared to uh, my standard putter with um, uh, with a two thumb grip on it. But I think, being really honest, if I was to go out tomorrow, uh, which one would I use? I'd use my my old putter, uh, my Scotty Cameron, and I probably wouldn't put the arm lock putter in until. Uh, until I've de-lofted it, tried a couple of different heads, and um, I really just try and iron out some of the concerns I've got when uh, from when I played the other day. But the one thing I would say, and this is what um, you know, I would say to anybody who is uh, is not a good putter, really struggles with holing, especially like shorter putts. This is definitely an option that I would encourage people to test is an arm lock putter. Uh, if you're not that good at putting, there's literally nothing to, 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 to lose. I, I mean, I, I could think of a handful of players that, you know, that I, I know um, who've got real, real issues with putting, you know, um, and are almost like a um, yips is probably like the uh, a bad description of that um, but you know they miss a lot of short putt their distance control is not very good um, and just overall the performance of putting doesn't match the rest of the game and I would really encourage people to uh, if you're in that position and you struggle with putting first and foremost you need to go for lessons um, but if you're somebody who likes having a little play around with equipment and you don't really want to go and have lessons uh, I think that an arm lock putter would be a very, very good starting point for you trying to resolve some of those issues. It's going to really help control the face angle. It's going to really help control uh, face rotation. Um, and maybe combine that with, you know, a bit of a lesson with um, with with a fitter, you know, and just see if they can kind of coach you into how to use one of these putters. Um so yeah, that that was that was quite interesting, and I really enjoyed that test. Actually, it's something I do on a regular basis. Is actually test um, you know some some different products, different shafts, uh, different clubs. I've actually got a wedge, a new wedge that I'm testing at the moment, a 58 degree wedge, which I'm probably going to talk about a little bit in the next podcast. Um, but yeah, that that was good. If anybody's got any other questions on uh, armlock putters or sick putters, uh, I can certainly uh, answer those. They've got quite an interesting um, technology with the face, where they've got descending uh, loft on the face. So at the top of all of their putter faces, there's more loft, and the bottom of the faces there's less loft. So anybody who uh, struggles with strike um, or struggles with control and attack angle this descending loft actually just helps you launch the ball better with your putts, uh, which might sound a little bit strange to some people in terms of launching your putts, but that's something I'm actually going to gonna delve into uh, a little bit now. So prior to my uh, testing of this sick arm lock putter, like I said, it was a... Um, it was, a, it was off the back of a session that I'd done uh, with a client. And, you know, one of the questions that uh, this client asked me was, um, based on what we were talking about, we were talking about the launch of the golf ball, we were talking about the ball spinning forward, we were talking about different green types, different green speeds. She actually had two different putters which she found uh, which was really beneficial on fast greens, one which was really beneficial on slow greens. And when I actually explained to her the difference between the two and why perhaps that she feels that she's more successful with one putter on slower greens compared to the other putter on faster greens, it really started to spark a, a beautiful conversation actually where um, we actually uncovered some really, really good information. 
So on the back of that, right, I um, this client asked me the question is, should I use a different putter in the winter versus the summer or on fast greens versus, uh, versus slow greens? And I thought I'd talk about that a little bit in, um, in this podcast because really what we're actually discussing there is, um, yes, it's green speed. You know, they're very different in the winter versus the summer in the UK, especially where, you know, the seasons vary um, in their extremities. In the summer is fast and hard, uh, hard and fast. Um, and uh, in the winter, they can be very slow and soft. So to answer the question, you don't necessarily need to use a, new, a different putter winter versus summer. Um However, you do need to launch the golf ball differently. And the reason why you need to launch the golf ball differently is when you're actually talking about green speeds, number one, there's different grass types. Uh, you will experience this uh, in uh, in the UK um, because some greens will have a mix of grasses. Some greens will have um, just one type of grass in them. Um, however, what we're really, really talking about more than anything is we're actually talking about the length of the grass and how that golf ball actually sits in that grass. So for anybody who doesn't know, when a golf ball sits on a green, it doesn't matter whether you're playing Augusta or whether you're playing, um, you know, greens which are which are awful. The golf ball always sits in a very very small depression. It's not something that you will see. The weight of the golf ball. Uh, sitting on that grass means that it, it almost creates like a, a little depression on a little hole that golf ball sits into. I call it like a nest um, where the golf ball is almost like inside a nest. So there's a, a small part of the bottom of the golf ball which sits below the top of the grass. Our job as players when you're on the green is to get that golf ball out of its nest and to get that golf ball into true roll, so rolling forward as quick as possible, okay? Now, depending on the size of the nest or the size of the depression, this will depend on how you need to launch it out of uh, that depression. So as an example, if you're playing on really firm, fast greens, the chances are that golf ball is not really going to sit in um, a huge depression, so you don't really need to launch it um, very high in the air. And when I'm saying high in the air, I'm talking one, two, and three degrees. <laughs> um, you know, under a one degree launch angle um, is is going to be pretty good for, uh, you know, greens which are pretty fast. Um, and when I say under one degree, it's literally just under one degree. If you're going up to one and a half, two degrees, that would be more suitable for um, for greens which are very, very slow. Um where the golf ball is sitting in more of a nest. So really what we've got to be able to do is, is pretty much adapt our launch depending on the green type. And you might be thinking to yourself now, well, how the heck do we do this? And when I was actually uh, thinking about this content uh, yesterday and this morning, I actually thought about uh, a situation which um, which I discovered actually on a Quintic Ball Roll uh, seminar, which was presented by Paul Hurrian. Uh, I've learned an absolute bucket load off Paul, to be fair. Um, and I can't kind of claim this as uh, my own content, but I can certainly talk about it. Um, so in the 2021 PGA Championship on the 17th hole, um, 
there's probably not a lot of people that can they're going to recall this so i've actually put the uh the video in um in the show notes but on the 17th hole phil mickelson he had about a 30 foot putt and i'm going to actually play uh play the video here um he he's had a 30 foot putt and uh, he's hit the putt and it's broke way too much to the left and just bubble off the club face as well and he's left himself, he's hit it a little bit too hard, and he's left himself uh, pretty much a four-footer. Firmly knocked in, and Mickelson takes another step forward to history. So at that point, he actually dropped a shot. Um, so the first putt was a par putt, uh, and the second putt was a bogey putt. And at the time where he's putting for par, he was actually three shots ahead. So that little putt that he had there from four feet, or what looked like four feet, um, was actually for bogey. And believe it or not, uh, and the commentators missed it, the first putt, he used his traditional grip, which for him, as a left-hander, was left below right. And then on the shorter putt, he actually switched his grip to a claw grip. Um this was missed by um, by a lot of the commentators, uh, a lot of the press. Um, and like I said earlier, Paul Hurrian brought this to my attention. And um, it's really interesting when you kind of understand the reason why that he switched from a traditional grip, which he hadn't changed all day, to uh, a claw grip. And especially in that situation there, because if he had missed that shorter putt by changing his grip, he would have gone back to uh, there would have been a one a one shot difference um, with with one to play, which you know could go anywhere. Two a two shot cushion going down the last versus a one shot cushion. I mean, it is an absolute game changer because um, you know the if if you're two shots in front. You know, the worst thing is going to happen is you're going to be, well, I say the worst thing, but unless you're Jean van der Velde, um, but the, the worst thing that's going to happen really, if you bogey the last and the other person bog, uh, birdies, then, you know, it's going to go into a playoff. Whereas a one-shot lead, anything anything can happen and the possibilities after that hole are, um, you know, are a lot more up in the air. So on the back of this, uh, this situation, uh, and Phil Mickelson obviously went on to win, which uh, was, you know, went down in history as one of the best uh, major wins ever. Um, the next day, Justin Thomas uh, said uh, in one of his tweets, I've actually uh, added this link into the show notes as well. Uh, Justin Thomas said this, one last thing from yesterday, Phil Mickelson used a claw grip on 17 on that short putt. Never saw him do that before, dot, 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 perfect example of it doesn't matter how you get it done it just matters getting it done comfort and knowing you can do something in that moment means (laughs) and i'm sure he goes on to write another tweet after that phil mickelson actually replied to this uh, and he said to justin thomas nice catch the ball rolled into a low area and i wanted to launch it higher so it didn't push into the ground and shoot offline the claw grip allows me to angle the shaft vertical and eliminate my forward press. So what he's actually saying there is uh, after he hit his first putt, the ball was actually sitting in more of a depression and he's tested a method where he knows that the claw grip allows him to deliver a little bit more loft and launch that golf ball a little bit more in the air. 
Um, I'd probably change his attack angle ever so slightly as well. Uh, and, you know, if, if you watch that video, I encourage you to kind of go into the show notes and click on that video and just watch it. It's really subtle because he knocks it in with so much confidence. So he must have practiced that quite a bit uh, and really understood kind of the difference between him using a traditional grip with a forward press versus a claw grip with no forward press. So he must have had a lot of confidence in the data that he was uh, able to kind of deliver uh, and the outcome that he was able to deliver there uh, with two different grips. And that's fascinating. And that really just kind of adds to my point earlier about, you know, the ball sitting into a little depression. Now, you might actually think, well, why the hell do we need to launch it in the air with a putt out of these depressions? Why can't we just roll it along the ground from the word go? Now, I can assure you, if you want to be very inconsistent with your putting and almost look as if you're, you've got the yips, then do not try and launch the golf ball. Try and hit the golf ball into the ground a little bit. It, has to, it only has to be very subtle. And try and have like a, a, a zero launch angle when you're putting. Because what's going to happen, right, is when that golf ball is actually driven into the ground or driven into that depression, the outcome, I can guarantee you, is completely and utterly unpredictable. And that's what Phil Mickelson was alluding to there, is that if he didn't push it into the ground, um, or if he did push it into the ground, rather, it would shoot offline. So... Let, let, let's think about kind of, um, let's bring this back around a little bit now to the question which I was asked um, in, in this session last week. Should I use a putter uh, or a different putter for winter and summer? I would say it very much depends, right? So if you're pretty good at distance control and you can manage distance control on shorter greens and faster greens, I don't see the need in going for a different putter. What I would say is you need to do one of two things uh, in the winter versus the summer. You definitely need to launch the golf ball a little higher on the green. And when I say a little higher, I'm probably talking another degree. <laughs> you will not see this, by the way, when uh, when you put in, okay? And this is why you probably need to go and see someone who's got a quintic ball roll system so they can actually measure um, the launch of the golf ball. I don't think any of the other systems on the market at the moment measure launch, Um I think you might be able to measure the launch of a putt actually uh, with a GC uh, GC quad, um, but I know Sam Sam Putt Lab uh, they don't measure the golf ball, um, so you need to be able to change the launch of the golf ball right, and you can do this either by changing the loft on the putter and keeping your um, your technique very similar. You've still got to make sure that when you add loft that you're going to create forward spin with that golf ball. A softer face really, really, really helps encourage forward spin. Okay, So if you're a player that just about creates a little bit of forward spin and you've got a firm face putter, the chances are if you're adding loft, then you're probably going to uh, going to impart a little bit of backspin, which is going to be detrimental to the role of the golf ball. Um so again, get this measured and see if you can you can actually create a scenario where during the winter months, or if you're going to play, uh, you know, some slower greens, that you actually create this slightly higher launch and eliminate that possibility of that ball being driven into the ground. Okay, and that's really what we're trying to eliminate here. And I can guarantee you that as much as the golf ball is going to roll better if you're launching it a little higher on slower greens and a little lower on faster greens, the the benefits of 
not driving it into the ground are going to far, far, far outweigh anything else um, that you could do with your putting because I can guarantee you you're going to be in a situation where you need to hold a putt and if you're a person that drives it into the ground a little bit you might get away with it for 17 holes and on the 18th where you really need to convert that putt to win a fiver or to win a, a monthly medal or whatever it is um it's at that point that it's 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 going to happen. It's um it's it's sod's law that it's going to happen at that point. So try and get your your launch measured with your putts. Um, get onto Quintic ball roll system uh, with with a professional. Uh, you can go onto the Quintic uh, Quintic dot uh, com and you can actually find where your nearest Quintic ball roll system is. Um, and and get it measured. The the other thing which I would say on the back of that is that. If you're not very good at distance control, then looking at a face which is perhaps a little firmer in the winter and a little softer in the summer is really going to help. Okay. Um, instinctively, we tend to use golf balls which are a little cheaper in the winter. They will probably be a little softer which is not going to make the ball come off uh, much faster uh, it's actually going to come off a little slower you might not notice it but um, I certainly notice it when I hit putts um, so that's the only thing that I would say there in terms of do you need a different putter winter versus summer um, maybe a firmer face in the winter just to help that golf ball come off a little bit more which means that you won't have to give it as much of a hit and it does depend on how slow the greens are as well so um I hope that makes sense. Um, I mean, we could literally talk about that for for hours and hours and hours and talk about data. Um, But I thought that would be quite a cool concept to talk about. And, you know, hats off to Phil Mickelson there to be able to, to use a completely different technique under that pressure. And in that situation, in a major championship on the 17th, when, you know, he's got a bogey putt to stay one shot ahead going down the last... I mean that that takes some um, uh, some real guts and uh, and determination and uh, confidence as well to be able to do that. And you even heard that the commentator say that he knocked it in confidently, um, which which was amazing. But for for in order for him to get to that point, he must have done so much testing on Quintic Ball Row, which I know he uses. Uh, he uses that on a regular basis, um, and. Uh, and yeah, I thought thought that was um, that was quite cool. I hope that comes across uh, in a, in a fairly s- simplistic way. Um, but if anybody's got any questions around putting, if you want me to do any testing on Quintic Ball Row, um, you know, uh, if you've got any suggestions on different golf balls, uh, different putters, uh, anything really, I'm more than happy to do it uh, and uh, and give you the feedback. But um, that's pretty much it uh, for today's podcast. I've not opened any questions on Twitter or uh, on Twitter. I don't really use Twitter too much. Um, I use Instagram a lot more, but I've not opened any questions. So I've not got any other questions uh, to, to answer. Uh, we will get some questions on for next week's uh, podcast. And uh, I'm going to talk a little bit about um, my new Voki Wedge as well. So Hope everyone has a good week. Like I say, any questions, fire them across to me and um, yeah, have a good one.